Well, good evening. Um, it's good to be back here again. Uh, thank you, Church. Thank you, Pastor Kenneth, for allowing us to present the work the Lord entrusted to us. I want to introduce again my wife, Annalisa. She's been in the mission field since uh, she was seven years old. We got five children. My eldest, Hannah, also surrendered uh, full-time in the ministry, so that's third generation. That's what a blessing. And then my second um, uh, child is actually living in Deer Park, where we are staying right now. And then my third child is in the Philippines. He, was, he is the one handling the Bible basketball ministry. Uh, we Filipinos, we don't grow as tall as the Americans, but we love basketball. And we use that means to evangelize the Filipino people in the Philippines. And then Samuel here, and I'm praying that uh, he will be uh, a pastor or surrender also in the ministry. And then my youngest, Elizabeth, my prayer that she will be a pastor's wife. Amen. Uh, the Lord um, allowed us to minister to the Philippines for 22 years now. And then the Lord just richly blessed the ministry. Besides the church planting ministry that we have, the Lord allowed us to have an a orphanage, a children's home. And through that, uh, we're having a lot of, you know, kids growing up there, coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and they themselves become pastors and missionaries and, you know, church workers. As a matter of fact, uh, we had a lot of, uh, most of our staff in the children's home, and in the church was uh, children that grew up in the children's home. So uh, it's, uh, our ministry is, you know, uh, win them, equip them, send them. And uh, I hope that you will be blessed tonight as the Lord already Bless us through this church for allowing us to minister and also present the word the Lord entrusted to us. I hope you will be blessed as you see what's happening in the mission field in Subic Bay, Philippines. The Philippines is known all over the world to be a third world country even in today's times. Due to poverty, parents tend to abandon and neglect their own children. In most cases, the biological parents would also try to profit off of their children by making them perform unspeakable acts for adults on the internet or in person. At such a young age, Children in the Philippines have experienced so much trauma already from being sexually abused to not having one decent meal their entire life. These young ones are particularly vulnerable to forced labor, child prostitution, sexual and physical abuse, early pregnancy, and many of them show severe symptoms of depression and anxiety. In 1990, Subic Bay Children's Home opened doors and extended their hands to children suffering in the Philippines. Subic Bay Children's Home seeks to provide a channel through which local churches and individuals can extend a helping hand to destitute, unwanted, unloved, troubled boys and girls in providing them with Christian guidance, love, and understanding. Pastor Rodrigo and Miss Annalisa are Subic Bay Children's Home Assistant Director. They're in charge of 60-plus children. Pastor Rodrigo encourages that teaching these children about God's love and plan for them, using God's Word, is an essential part of their journey to healing.
from super typhoons to dreadful droughts, number of families has suffered from these climate-related disasters in the Philippines. To help families get back on their feet, Project Dorcas was made to take urgent actions to give out support in terms of physical needs, but most importantly, their spiritual needs. Recently, Typhoon Ulysses left thousands homeless and countless dead. Cagayan in the island of Luzon was the most affected place in the whole island. Thousands of the Cagayan people lost their homes and loved ones due to the flood. Project Dorcas was able to help thousands of people through God's help by giving them medical attention, fresh supply of water and food. But most importantly, Project Dorcas was able to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Project Dorcas' ongoing operation as of now is the 200-day feeding program. Project Dorcas will be feeding children and families for 200 days, five days a week, in the surrounding villages of New Cabadan, Olongapo City, Philippines. Subic Bay Christian Academy was started to provide children in the Philippines a good education with the Christian Foundation. In efforts to plant more churches, God provided Subic Bay Bible Institute to train young men and women to be used by God. Bible studies are conducted at the local police precinct on a weekly basis. God's Word challenges the inmates in the local prison every week.
Amen. Uh, let's open the Word of God in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse uh, 7, all the way to verse 9. And if you may, uh, let's all stand, stretch a little bit. Again, thank you again for allowing us to be here. Thank you, Pastor Kenneth, especially not butchering my name. Most of the pastor won't even try to pronounce Rodrigo Balbuena. But uh, thank you for, you know, you pronounce it very, very good. Sometimes I want to change my name to Bob <laughs> or Mike just to make life easier. But we have a prayer card back in the foyer. You can put in your name also in our uh, uh, newsletter list so you can receive some update from us and uh, uh, some news of what's happening in the ministry. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse uh, 7 to 9, the Bible says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, said Paul, supposed to be like, you know, being proudful because of all these achievements in the ministry, all the revelation. But instead of having this, you know, tap at the back and being so proudful, Bible says, there was given to me a horn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. So in verse 8, he asked the Lord three times. The Bible says, for this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Paul is asking the Lord that this affliction that he had depart from him. God answers in verse 9, and God's answer in verse 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God's grace is sufficient. Let us pray. Father, we come to you this evening asking, Lord, for your many blessings. Asking, Lord, for approval. We are grateful for your kindness, your love towards us. You're good to us more than we are good to you. So, God, we're asking for forgiveness, things that we've done unpleasing unto thee. For the next few moments, Father God, I pray that you will allow me to be the preacher for this hour, that everything I say will be uh, clear, crystal clear. I also pray, Father God, if there's someone here lost and undone, that you may be with him, Lord. Break that heart that he may turn to you for salvation or for service or for encouragement, Father God. Father, thank you, Lord, for sending your only begotten son who died purposely, intentionally to save us from sin. Be with us now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated and thank you. Now you... Uh, by now, observe that I am not from here, right? I traveled 8,000 miles just to be here. I always love and enjoy being here in the United States, but I hate the process. I mean, 20 to 25 hours air flight. I long to see the Lord Jesus Christ, but when I'm up there, you know, it's, sometimes it's kind of dangerous, a few, 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 few times the, the, the airplane was just shaking. It's the up and down, side to side. And I'm praying, Lord, I love to see you and touch your blessed face, but Lord, not right now. I got my, you know, my family with me, my, my youngest with me. If we plunge in the ocean, I'm a short guy. I won't be able to save them all. And so I've been driving all around. In November, we were in Pensacola, Florida, driving I-10, and then I was a few weeks ago in San Antonio, and it's very dangerous for a Filipino driving in the United States because in the Philippines, traffic signs are just opinion. 
I got to follow it here, amen? When I found out Houston driving, I just slipped in, amen? Y'all can fit in Manila as well. But I thought about it. You know, the very reason I am here enjoying the goodness of God, enjoying the freedom of worship, and if you'll be honest tonight to yourself, the very reason we are experiencing all of these goodies and benefits is all by the grace of God. Amen. I mean, it could be worse, but God allowed through His grace for us to experience life at its best. What is God's grace? God's grace is freely given. It is the unmerited favor toward the sinful and the failing. It is expression of forgiving, redeeming, restoring love toward the unworthy. We are all unworthy by default. And we don't need to deny or reject God. Because we are headed for destruction. The Bible says all come short in the glory of God. But through God's grace, His grace is, can be... Uh, can be hold and can be encountered through our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, in a simple terms, means getting what we don't, what we don't deserve. We, we, we deserve to be in hell with our back broken, amen. And yet God's grace appeared on Calvary. Amen. And the Bible uh, went uh, a little further. God answered Paul and said, My grace is sufficient. Sufficient means a quantity that can fulfill a need or requirements. God's grace is enough. Tonight, quickly, God's grace is enough in three areas of our lives. Number one, God's grace is enough in our salvation. In grace alone, His grace alone. I grew up in the Philippines, and majority of the Filipinos that grew up in the Philippines are Roman Catholic. And the teaching of Roman Catholic, you know, if uh, you are, you know, a normal Roman Catholic, if you die, you just go straight to purgatory. And if you have um, a family that is well-to-do, all they have to do is just pay the priest and have a mass specially for you, and you will be exalted to heaven one of these days as much as you pay the priest, amen? But I, you know, when I got saved, I, I studied the Bible. There is no purgatory in the Bible. The only purgatory I know, if your wife cannot cook, that that will be it, amen? But other than that, there is no purgatory. Thank God my wife is a good cook, amen? But it's kind of funny how I come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. When missionary Teddy Fulfer, her dad, started the work in my community, I went there not because I'm looking for answer. I'm looking for God. I'm pretty much, you know, content with my pedigree, content with my good works, content with my religion, I went there because I saw the missionary daughter. She was the most beautiful girl I've seen in my life. Amen. So I told, my, I told myself, I'm going to marry that girl. So what I did, I visited the church. For the young people, the best place to look for a wife is in the church. Amen. But I was a wicked and ungodly. My city was the sin city in Asia, Subic Bay. I mean, if you compare Subic Bay to New Orleans, New Orleans will look like Daker Center. I mean, I mean, it was a sin city. I grew up, I was on drugs, I was on alcohol, I was drinking and partying and all of that. But you know what? I went there, I tried to fake it. I have a bad intention. I went there, you know, faking that as if I am a Christian. I found out that her father was what you call the old breed pastor, Baptist preacher. 
So going there with my default attire will not be good for me. So what I did, I got me a Baptist pants, got me a Baptist shirt, bought me a Baptist comb, and comb my hair a Baptist way. Amen. And I, I, I learned Baptist 101, the cliche. You know, Their church is an amen church. So when I got in the church, I found out that most of my friends in the neighborhood, we have the same attire. They're also interested to the missionary daughter. There's a competition going on. So what I did, I make sure, you know, I rise up with the, I'm a very competitive young man, amen. Their church is an amen church. So what I did, whenever they said amen, I make sure I'm the loudest. Amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah. I throw in some cliche. I sat in just like Pastor Kenneth there. I think I got saved like seven times during the invitation. But you know what? I heard the gospel. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I heard the truth in the Bible. The truth shall set you free and you shall be free indeed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God gave me a package deal. Just like a kid receiving a Happy Meal at McDonald's. Amen. I got saved and ended up marrying the missionary daughter. If that's not grace, I don't know what grace is. Amen. See, the thing is this. I realize that it's easier to live a Christian life if you're saved. Because of the grace of God, amen? Some of our teenagers in, in the church keep asking question and question and question. He said, one time he asked me, Pastor uh, Balbuena, if there is God, why bad things happen to good people? My answer is this. I think you have the wrong question to ask. The right question to ask is this. Why good things happen to bad people? Because we're all bad people. I was there just looking for a girlfriend, bad intention, and yet God saved me. Why? Because His grace is sufficient. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of, not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I got saved. I, can, I have a new uh, music now in my heart. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Why? Because of the grace of God. Amen. His grace is sufficient. Not only I got saved, my grandma got saved. My grandma is what you call the Roman Catholic to the bone. I mean, I always witness to her. I always try to convince her, you know, trying my best to tell about Jesus and not religion. But she said that, you know, I was born Catholic. I'm going to die Catholic. One time she suffered a stroke, half of her body was paralyzed, and she was bored to death in her house. So she called me and said, son, I want to visit your church, because I was just bored in my house. She went. She heard the good news that Jesus Christ died for her. And whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. She got saved. I mean, she, she passed away a few years ago at the age of 75, but I know I'll see her because His grace is sufficient. I can imagine right now she is there in glory doing cartwheels. Amen? Why? Because His grace is sufficient. My sister who's practicing witchcraft got saved. Her husband got saved. The, the, uh, the brother of uh, her husband is uh, uh, Andrew Manalasa, one of our missionary, homegrown missionary. My nephew and my niece is singing for the Lord. I mean, we as Filipino back there uh, are, are deserve to be trapped in our religion, trapped in our tradition, trapped in our sin, but thanks be to God because His grace is sufficient. 
Not only His grace is sufficient in our salvation, it is extended and His grace justifies us. The Bible says in Romans 3.24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. As if we never sin after all. When God sees us, we are saved, we are justified. You know, I love my wife so dearly, amen. I will give my life for her, but you know, sometimes she's impossible. I don't know about y'all wife, but my wife is not perfect, amen. We're having a good, every Monday, I make sure me and my wife will have a, a husband and wife moment. You see, the, you see our ministry, we had a lot of things going on there, but I make sure I have time with family. We have a uh, boardwalk, boardwalk in Subic Bay, the, the former Navy base, and we walk there in the morning, you know, just, you know, just having a sweet, sweet time with wife. You can almost hear the, the music, Karen Carpenter's, Why do birds suddenly appear? I mean, it's a sweet time. It's a good time, Amen. Your husband here, if you don't do that, you need to get right with God, amen. You should have time with wife, amen. And while we're having a good time with wife, she will remember all my passing, Pastor Kenneth. She remembered the date, the month, the days, and the time. She said, I remember when we were having fun back then and you did something wrong with me. It was July 24. It was a Saturday. It's 8 p.m. She remembers it, Amen. But I thank God, His grace is not like that. Because the Bible says in Psalms 103.12, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. Bible says in Micah chapter 7, verse 19, He will turn again. I like that. Again. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou will cast all their sins into the depth of the sea. In the children's home, the orphanage that we have, they love to sing, And the sea of God's forgetfulness, that's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. No rehabilitation center can take away our sin. No doctor can cure it, only by the grace of God. I know about you, but I'm excited, amen. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. In our salvation, it extended, it justifies. I can go around the neighborhood with a shirt that says, I am under new management because of the grace of God. Amen. Bible says in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 21, Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Amen. His grace is sufficient in our salvation. Not something about them tradition, good works. It is the grace of God, the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Number two, not only His grace is sufficient in our salvation, his grace is sufficient in our suffering. You know, sometimes you hear someone, a preacher said, when you get saved, everything will be okay. Everything will be all right. I think I saw this preacher on the television. He has a great smile, Pastor. If you're here right now, watching the television, it is your best life now. Everything will be okay. There will be no problem. There will be a trouble. God is always good. Yes, God is always good, but there's always tribulation. There's all, no one is immune to problems and despair, amen? As a matter of fact, when I got sick, I got more suffering than before. My friends don't like me anymore. I grew up in Subic Bay. I used to play golf, but not, not this kind of golf. This golf, 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 right? 
Those friends that I ha- hang out with, they don't like me anymore when I got saved. I said, what do we call you now, preacher boy? Reverence, most holy one. They don't like me. I witnessed to them, and they just, they just call me names. He said, those foofers, those missionaries they're hanging out with, they brainwash you. And I think they're right. Because back then I was in the world, my thought is just plain wicked and ungodly and vices and pornography and filth and cursing and all of these vices. When, when God saved me, he took away all these wicked thoughts, gave me a new mind. Amen? Amen. Because his grace is sufficient. Amen. His grace is sufficient. The Bible says in John 14, 1, A man that is born of a woman have a few days and full of trouble. So even though we're saved, there's always suffering. Here, Paul is asking the Lord three times to take away his sufferings, amen? But back then, when Paul was still Saul, I mean, everybody respect him. Of all corners of those places, right? They fear Saul. When Saul arrived in the town, all the Christians are afraid of him because he's persecuting the church. So, you know, I was imagining this Saul arriving in a town with his fancy chariot, maybe. Maybe like 60-inch rims, 8-track. And then going out, the chariot said, is there any uh, Christian here? And all the Christians are afraid of him. No persecution, no trouble, right? Do you have some coffee here? And then they'll give coffee to, Mr. Saul, here's some coffee. Uh, no cream and sugar, just black. This is a real man. I mean, they tremble whenever Saul is around, amen? But when Paul got saved, when Paul trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ, look at me, let's, let's read the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. This Saul used to be a tough guy. This Saul used to be you know, being feared by a lot of people there. Notice here, verse 23. Are they are ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. In, this is 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 23. Are they, mission, uh, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measures, in prisons more frequent, in depths of. Of the Jews, five times received, I forty stripes save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, and once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watching often in hunger and thirst, in fasting often in cold and nakedness. All of a sudden, nobody pay mind. Sufferings. And I understand that, you know, persecution from unbelievers, natural man doesn't understand the things of God. But what bothers me is when fellow believers persecute each other, especially Baptists. I mean, we just love to have fights and division and split, amen? It bothers me. I was a young, I'm still young, but during our first few years of deputation, I was uh, in South Carolina, and I called the church there, and he probably, you know, noticed my addiction, being a foreigner. said, I'm looking for a a church that I can be with, a meeting, 
And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you a Filipino? Going back to the Philippines and being a missionary? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, you know, trying to explain myself, you know, that I am an American citizen. I can just live a life here in the United States, have white pickup truck, white picket fence, go fishing Saturday, go yard selling Saturday and so, amen. But before explaining that to him, he said, no, 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 no. You need to understand this. Stop begging money in churches in America and go back to the Philippines and work like anyone else. I was embarrassed. I was discouraged. I feel this more. I was in Japan for a preacher's conference. I saw this hotshot preacher. You know how can I tell a hotshot preacher? He walked like this. And you got several preacher boys imitating him. They have a choreography going on. But I was excited. I all, I'm always excited whenever I see an old preacher. Just talking to an old preacher like Bible School 101. Amen. Just talking to an older preacher, you will see wisdom. So I introduced myself. said, uh, Dr. So-and-so. I'm gonna, not going to mention the name, of course, because I still respect the man. Amen. He said, so you're a missionary to what now? A missionary to the Philippines. Oh, missionary to the Philippines. Give me that missionary handshake. Missionary handshake. As we missionaries are beggars. You know, not all church are like Lakeway Baptist Church. We've been to a church that they let us feel that, you know, this small. Sometimes we feel like we're invisible. And we're not asking too much, Amen. We're, I'm a big boy. When you said no, I will not go back. Amen. But at least just give us a good, you know, means of talking to us. The last time I checked, we are the child of the king. Yeah. That makes us prince. Amen? Amen. But you know what? Whenever I feel that way, that I've been discouraged and put down, you know where I go? I go to the word of God. I don't go call Dr. Pill or Oprah. <laughs> and the Bible says here, Son, my grace is sufficient. Dust it up and get back in there. Amen. Some of y'all, did I pronounce it right? Y'all? Some of y'all probably have problem with finances. Maybe problem with wayward children. Maybe problem with spouse. I don't Maybe health. But I got good news for you. His grace is sufficient. Back then and during the early centuries of churches. And his grace is still sufficient now. His grace is sufficient. It's all about perspective. You know, God allowed Paul to suffer this affliction so he can depend on him. It's about perspective. There is a, um, a story that I heard one time. Two child. They put in a different room. The other child have all the goodies, Legos, uh, toys, remote control, gadgets. And he's still sad. Ah, this is only PlayStation 3. I want PlayStation 35. This is 35, isn't it? I mean, he's frowning. And the other boy, all like horse manure with a shovel. And they just observe and observe and observe. They keep going back. They're checking on the other kid. The kid was like, oh, he's frowning. It's like he is not content. The other boy was filing the horse motor on the other side. 
And then they came back again. The boy here, that all have the goodies, is still prowning. The other boy already finished filing the manure on the left side. Now he's in the right side now. So if they asked the boy that was uh, uh, trying to shovel the manure, they said, what are you doing? And the boy says, I don't know about you, but uh, it's all about this horse manure. There has to be a horse here somewhere. <laughs> it's about perspective. When we think that we are discouraged and undone and suffering, His grace is sufficient. It is a privilege. It is a opportunity to depend on our Lord Jesus Christ. Some of the church that actually said that we got sidetracked because we have an orphanage. Said, we send you there just to preach the gospel. Now you have social gospel. Social gospel. I, I don't think so. Somebody asked me one time, what do you want to do? You want a church planting, discipleship, or you want to feed those little children? Because we're not going to support you with this little children. You know, this is social gospel. I can do both, amen? I can do both. I can be a missionary. I can be a preacher, an evangelist, and be a Christian at the same time. A Christian that loves. You see, it's hard to tell someone that Jesus loves them, and yet they're suffering. Especially in the Philippines. You pass around tracks and say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And you see, you see a child laying on the street, and you step over it, and, excuse me, Jesus loves you. Oh, Jesus loves you. And see another one. And how can we just go back to our local church singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. And not be moved with what we've seen and heard in suffering of these little ones. I cannot understand that. They stopped supporting us because they said, you know, we got sidetracked. But we're still there. 22 years, Pastor Kenneth. Why? Because His grace not only sufficient in our salvation, not only it is sufficient, not only in our suffering, our last point tonight, His grace is sufficient also for our service to Him. Service to Him. When I got saved, my wife doesn't want to marry a, uh, a pastor and a preacher. She doesn't like to be a missionary also. She came here, do the paperwork so we can live here, enjoy the... The, the milk and honey, the good, the, good, the good fruits of this great nation. When she came back, I'm, I'm preaching Wednesday service. And she said, I don't want to be a missionary. And I thought myself, I thought she's going to be happy. So I look at the mirror and say, Lord, am I the right person to just represent you being an ambassador for you? You know, I don't know Greek, no Hebrew. And I can, I can even sing. I'm not going to dance, by the way, Amen. But I know my availability, will, God will turn to my ability to be of service to Him. Amen. Amen. Because it is not the things that we've done. It is not our background. It is His grace alone. Amen. God is not looking for a super martyr theologian. God is just looking for a reasonable thinking Christian that will present his body a living sacrifice. Amen. And to whom much more is given, much more is required. God save us not to just hang out. Just to serve. Hey, if God used me, 
He can use you, amen? You know, my personality, I, I, I'm, a sh- my, my person, I'm always a shy type person. You can tell by now, right? I'm not always like this. But because of the grace of God, amen? Because of the grace of God. I remember my father-in-law who mentored me, um, my wife's father. He ended up playing in the uh, small uh, high school in Joaquin, Texas. Filipinos love basketball. I, I believe y'all love football, right? So he said, I end up playing in this football league, but the, the coach never paid mine on me because I was kind of small. So what I did, I stand behind the coach, you know, making sure that if the coach look for a player, he will see little Teddy. He said he even prayed for all his teammates in the field. Well, some, you know, sometimes broke a leg or neck or back so he can replace him. That's how bad he wants to be in the game. Amen. I know it's bad, but he wants to, be, he's excited to be in the game. But he said, when I look at the other teammates of mine that are more faster, more bigger, more talented than me, he said, they're, they're all busy goofing around. They're all busy with, you know, trying to be pretty, eating and drinking. He said, I cannot understand the life when there is a football going on and all my talented teammates are all busy goofing around. Pastor Kenneth, when I got saved, I saw the same thing happening again. My fellow believers that are more talented than me can speak eloquent, but all busy goofing around the world. I want to be just like my father-in-law. This time, my coach is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he looks for someone to use, he'll see this Filipino who don't know how to speak English. But here, my Lord, send me because I know for sure your grace is sufficient. Coming back to the United States, I love visiting my brother-in-law in Pensacola, Florida. And in Pensacola, Florida, there is uh, a town there called Foley, Alabama. And in Foley, Alabama, there is a restaurant there called Lambert's. Do you know what Lambert's is? Restaurant? Amen. They throw bread at you, right? It's a crazy restaurant. They, they throw bread at you. And you, you. You catch it and you eat it, right? But I was so impressed with my waiter and my waitresses there. I mean, they were just excited to see customers. Like, unlike drive-thru. I, I hate drive-thru. I cannot understand the thing they're saying there. And I'm a Filipino. It's, it's, you know, sometimes it's payback. When they, do you like some of my massages and says, yeah, I cannot understand. I, what do you want? Boy, imagine having a problem with your, I mean, to just to order in drive through, you have to learn, you know, uh, you know, their, their language. But I'm, I'm gonna go, not go there. But in, in, in Lambert's, they're just excited to see you. How many? Four? Coming in! They were just smiling and they're just excited. And the, the waiter and the waitress that are actually attending to our needs, every time my eyes and her eyes connect, she's excited. What do you want? What do you want? Some more sweet tea? Some more taters? Taters, okra? I mean, she's, she's just excited to serve us. And I thought about the waiter and the waiters does. They're not going anywhere. Their job is, while they're wait, they serve. Wait and serve. Wait and serve. We Christians, we're waiters and waitresses. We're waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And while we're waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ, let us serve Him with excitement. Amen? No alibis, no excuses. Just serve Him. 
Why? Because His grace is sufficient. There is a cliche in the Philippines. Every mother there in the Philippines always have to say to their young ones this. If they're playing on the water, they say, he, they, the mom will say, Hey, kung mababasa ka lang, maligo ka na. In English, translation goes something like this. If you're going to get wet, go ahead and take a bath. If we're going to serve God, let's serve God wholeheartedly because His grace is sufficient. Let us bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your blessing tonight. And I hope, Lord, if someone here haven't experienced the wonderful grace, whether it is salvation, Lord, whether somebody's suffering, Father God, give them new grace, or the service. I pray, Father God, for Lakeway Baptist Church and the brethren here that help us, Lord, to not only grow by grace, live by grace, but just depend on your grace. Father, I pray, talk to the hearts tonight. And we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to just present the ministry you entrusted to us. Won't you bless this church, Father God? Use this church and the other side, this, this place of town, Lord. May increase their coast. Father, once again, we commit to you all these things in the precious name, the precious blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Pastor. At this time, we're about to have an invitation. And I thank God for the message tonight. And, and I consider, you know, what, what may be going on in some hearts tonight concerning God's salvation. And, and after such a message, is there anyone here that, that, that has just come to realize tonight that salvation is free? It's the gift of God. Through Jesus Christ. And, and you're not working to, to clean yourself up. To get yourself ready to be presented to God a little better than you are right now. You, you bring yourself and your life to God just as you are. And receive the free gift of eternal life. Jesus died to save us from our sins. If you realize you're a sinner tonight... You can, you can have that free gift. Jesus died for you in your place, and you can trust him. And I pray if there's anyone here tonight who does not know this grace that was just preached, that, that you would be saved by the gospel of grace tonight. Gee, I, I'd love to help you out. You just come forward, and Jesus saved me from my sins. That's what's going to be going on in your heart if you realize His grace and that you need it and that you can have it tonight. Nothing's holding you back from that. I'm thankful to the children of God for a word on His grace through suffering. You know, people in the world, they suffer and then they quit. But the Christian goes through suffering, but we realize God's amazing grace and how much he is worth serving. I, I, I love the pattern of that whole message. He takes us through our suffering. And look, we, 
we serve him with joy. That's the power of God in our lives and, and in his salvation for us. So, so whatever may be on your heart tonight, Christian, or the one who has never believed in Jesus, would you freely receive his gift by grace? This, this is your opportunity after having heard the word of God. So let us pray and then you trust and obey like we started out singing this evening. Amen. Let us bow. Father God in heaven, Lord, we come to you again tonight. We thank you so much for the power of your word. Thank you for, for our brother in Christ who has brought the word to us tonight. Bless him, Father. Bless every heart here tonight. And Lord, draw those who do not know you and strengthen and encourage your children as a result of this message that we might continue to look to you and how sufficient you are in your graces for us through all things. We love you tonight. I love you, Lord. I thank you for first loving us. And expressing that love on the cross at Calvary. By giving your son there in our place to die for our sins. That we might have eternal life. Being buried and raised again. We thank you for victory over sin. Death, hell, and the grave tonight. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If everyone could please stand. Page 544.